everybody, welcome to Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name is John, I'm the engagement pastor, and across the screen, with his backwards cap and uh, DJ beat headphones on is Kyle Davies, our lead pastor. You know what it is, coffee in hand, need it this morning. And I am very much into um, trying out some of the different uh, Stumptown ones that are here in local, I'm trying out some of their different ones. So I got a new one this morning and every day it's, I got the whole beans, I grind up the beans, I heat up a water, filter it through my pour over and it's, it's a good day, man. Well, we probably will switch to kids and Cobras whenever they get out their their coffee. So I know that's coming. Shout out kids and Cobras. So, so my buddy Sam Wake, he uh, he has started a apparel and coffee company called Kids and Cobras. Uh, I actually have kind of the document that explains kind of the background of that. So we'll tag them in this episode and say, go check them out. Go support them. Buy a t-shirt. Uh, you know, share some of their stuff. Uh, Sam and Kelsey are planting a church in uh, Portland and as an just to help them stay local in the city to continue to invest in the relationships that they have been forming. They have started this business uh, and it has been so cool to watch uh, just Sam uh, just generate a community of people who love to ride motorcycles and just share that and in the midst of that have spiritual conversations about what it looks like to trust and follow Jesus and so I think his example is going to be something that uh, church planners in the future look to to say man how do we get into an area build relationships in an honest way and I think uh, entrepreneurial endeavors will be be that a way that planters can financially be able to get into an area that might be difficult to to live in and stay in and uh, just just make Jesus known. So uh, I'm excited for them and what they're doing. So look them up, check them out, and and hear the story behind there and symbol. So I won't give it away, tease it a little bit, but that's that's what I would encourage everyone to do. I know my wife, Hannah, uh, she follows Kelsey Wake on Instagram. And one of her favorite things is the story videos of Journey and Desi, their, their little girls. She cracks up at them all the time. Kyle, we're at the end of your rain series. We are. We, and it didn't rain really at all. I know, right? <laughs> we got to the end of it. And there's, there's this one time this week, and you're kind of chatting about the progression in which you've seen us go through this text. And you described it as... I am, so I will do. Therefore, you are, thus you will do. So Kyle, as we've progressed through this, kind of walk me through this in the, in the midst of this scripture and kind of where we've gone in, in this series. Absolutely. So the, the framework that I just set up there comes really through the series as a whole. So if we go back and we look at first week, it's who is Jesus? What's his identity? Who he is? And then he, and then he tells his disciples what he's about to do. And so then he, he lays that out there. And then that's followed by uh, what that means for them. Like what, like who are they in response to what Jesus has done? And then that, that brings us really to this week where it's like, okay, if we've got the identity of Jesus and we see what he is like and what he will do, and then what that really means for us, the type of people he has deemed us to be, um, then, then we will respond. And so the reason why that's so important is this text in particular, 
this take up your cross, this follow me, this deny yourself, this lose your life can be very weighty. And if that's seen as the first instance in the interaction that people have with Jesus, then it can be like, almost why would I even do that? But what we see is that this call doesn't come first. It, it calls at the end of seeing who Jesus is, what he is like, and what he has done for us. And then he says, now, if you, if you agree, if you, if you have felt this in your life, if you understand what this means for you, that the implications is what it means for us individually, then you, you can't help but respond in a certain and similar manner. And yeah. so that's really what we see here is Jesus is inviting and calling his disciples to respond to the same way in which Jesus initiated that relationship with them, which is uh, laying down his life so that we might have it. So that, that's where it brings us today and says, hey, you, if lose your life and in the end, you will find it. I like it. And it's, it's interesting we talk about this because the kind of call to action in which we see here is something that I've, growing up in the church, I've heard this statement multiple times. Um, it's this concept of take up your cross. Hmm. And so, uh, I want to throw this to you. What are, maybe what are some misconceptions you've seen around this or maybe some um, ways in which this might not have been interpreted or translated very well? Like, how do you take this concept of Jesus telling his disciples to take up, take up your cross? Well, we, we see that carrying a cross and crucifixion was st stood for like condemned criminals. Yeah. And so the idea of understanding what the cross was, it was a symbol of torture and punishment. And it was, it was something that people were trying to avoid. It wasn't something that was willingly embraced. And I think sometimes when we talk about taking up our cross, we almost say it tongue in cheek and we're like, oh, you know, this, this is my cross to bear, or this is, this is what I, you know, have to do. And, and we do it almost in a begrudgingly or, or, or just almost playful way that, that doesn't take the seriousness of like, like this is, this is a weighty thing. This is not to be something that is done lightly without thought and without intentional response to again who jesus is and what yeah. he has done for us and so again the, the weight aspect is there is a burden to bear and and the burden is is something that you will intentionally absorb in order to uh forego like consequences or pain or uh, demonstrate purposeful favor towards others and so it's something so so hear that that there's an absorption you are willingly taking on pain you you are you are willingly saying like this is going to tax me mentally emotionally maybe even physically but it's for the sake of another and so i think sometimes when we talk about taking up our up our cross it's the misconception is well we're doing it to benefit ourselves, or it's something that, well, I'm going to do it and I'm going to let everyone's know, and I'm going to willingly share the pain that I'm undergoing so that people will either feel bad for me or maybe even help me with that burden. And in this case, Jesus didn't say, hey, take up your cross so it lessens my load. He's yeah. saying, no, I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to absorb this pain um, yeah. on behalf of you and suffer and die. And on the, again, on the other side of that is life. And that's, that's the hope that we have as, as we do this. So mm -hmm. I think the, the misconception mm -hmm. is 
that it's going to be temporary. It's going to be, it can either be easy or we would, we, we share it in hopes that it lessens that burden. Now we are support supposed yeah. to share each other in the church. We're supposed to care one another. We're, we're supposed to rally around each other, but some, but sometimes you, you willingly undergo a level of shame. There's consequences. Um, and, and sometimes we think um, in terms of taking up the cross, it's like, well, I'm taking up the cross and it's, we've done something sinful. We've done something, we've done something wrong. And therefore, it's like, oh, now these are the consequences, so I'm taking up my cross. When mm. Jesus taking up the cross, he wasn't taking up the cross because of his consequences. He was taking up the cross for others' consequences. Mm. And so I think even sometimes that as we, we use that phrase, we need to understand that it's, it's, we're not doing that for the sake of um, necessarily even ourselves um, or, or to be like, that, that's not an appropriate phrase to use that way. What is an appropriate phrase is when, when there is someone who is like hurting or there's, there's, there's other consequences that, that come towards you, relational friction, when someone, someone yells at you or, um, or something happens in your family and, and you're, you're willingly going to spend time, money, energy to help them mm. and it, at, at no benefit necessarily to yourself you are taking, you are taking up the cross for another. Um, and so I think that even as we, as we think about that, even in the nature of the cross, it's other centered rather than self-centered. Mm, I, I like that because I, I mean, we've been talking in this whole series of how Jesus, like he's flipping up side down this, these common uh, thoughts and practices in their culture. And I mean, you even look at our culture today and how things have been going for a while. And to take on pain, uh, take on suffering, to take on tough and hardship, like that is not normal. Usually what we see out of our culture, and I think we've seen this a lot in these, this, I mean, just kind of where we are in 2020 is usually when things get tough, uh, we look for ways to escape. We yeah. look for ways to distract us. We look for ways to kind of turn it away from us and put us back in the right standing in the right spot rather than absorb and deal with some of the, the difficulties of what is going on. And so I, it, that is really interesting because we even talked last week about this cancel culture of like you begin to, when things happen around you, uh, our culture so easily just kind of says, let's cancel the person, avoid them, put them way like beyond arm's reach. Like you put them away, like you wouldn't even touch them with a 50 foot pole. Like, you know, that's kind of the cultural norm of what we talk about. And yet what you see in who Jesus is and what the church is called to is rather like, no, like Jesus went to broken people. He did that in his way on the cross and did that in the gospels. I mean, we see that in him going and sitting at a table full of tax collectors, him going into the house of Nick, like of uh, Zacchaeus, like him chatting and interacting with them. It wasn't just like he allowed them to come to him, rather he sought them out. We like seeking out broken people and understanding that it's not going to be perfect in the midst of that. And even in his interaction with his disciples, we don't see a perfect relationship there. Like as people grow and develop around each other, there's going to be friction. And it's how we deal with the sin around us. And I, I think that's an interesting concept when we begin um, taking this concept of taking up the cross and move it beyond ourselves and how we interact with those 
who are in our community, who are in our relational spheres. Um, that's, that is something that seems to be countercultural to what we see today. It is the idea of sacrificing time, money, convenience, comfort, or safety for someone else is, is almost, I wouldn't say unheard of because, because we like the idea of society sacrificing time, money, convenience, comfort, safety. We don't like the idea of self sacrificing that. And I think that's the big difference that we see in today's world is it's, it's not so much sacrificing uh, so, like society. It's, it's where like someone else will pay the bill. Someone else will, will do this. But we, but, we, but we, again, we keep that distance. We don't, allow, we don't create space in our own lives for grace. We expect that of others. And as soon as that gets close to our relationships and our hearts, what happens then is we instantly we, we want we want to sever that because because it becomes hard it becomes difficult it becomes messy mm-hmm. and so what we really have to understand is that the way we can persevere in the midst of that difficulty and mess, messiness that uncomfortableness as we're asked to sacrifice different aspects of you know, time money uh, yeah. just just as as we look at the different aspects of our, where it comes out in our work and our leisure uh, what yeah. it means for for family is we will really, really have to give an account and understand the seriousness that we that, that we'll be asked to and, and really be willing to absorb that. And if we're not willing to absorb that, we have to return and say, frankly, have, have what is what is my relational connection to Jesus mm-hmm. as he invites me to follow, to deny myself because and again, it's, it's almost like a spiral. We, it's, we, we got to continue to return to it and come back to it. And, and we're able to, we're able to grow in it. So again, we're not necessarily going to make, do that perfectly, but if we're unwilling to, to come back to that at all and even acknowledge, yeah, I created distance. I, I, I kept people at arm's length. I didn't create space for grace in my own life. I, I wanted someone else to give up something so that I could even maybe be the beneficiary of something that's that's where the that's where the friction is and 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 it doesn't start with society it starts with with the the people it starts with the church collectively doing that and then taking that to the domains of society and so we've got to remind each other of that well it starts in those conversations like just like we're doing now of okay what does this look like for you in your life and we begin to process that together and then it's it, it it begins to trickle out into different different mm-hmm. domains, and then that's where people become aware of how the church is on an alternative type of community where it's not political correctness reigns, it's not whatever the the cultural moral uh, standard reigns. It's Jesus reigns. Jesus is King, and yeah. in His way will conflict with the options that people can choose. The, the slogans, the phrases that people choose um, within within the world, and let me give let me give you an example. I, I think one of the things that I'm seeing right now in our country is because of different laws and because of different relationships and things like that, uh, people are just picking up and moving. They're saying, "I'm getting out of I'm getting out of where I live, and I'm going somewhere else." 
I mean, I was just the other day, I'm going to tip my hand. I listened to a lot of different people. One of the people that I listened to is Joe Rogan. And he was having a conversation with Ben Shapiro. And they were talking about just how, in their minds, California has become uh, unlivable. And so what, what they're talking about doing is picking up all their stuff and going to Texas because they, they can have a level of freedom. And, and, and so it's, it's they're just basically saying, we can't make change here. And in fact, we don't even have to. Let's yeah. just pick up shop and move somewhere else. Here's where that confronts with Christianity is, is it's not pick up shop and just go somewhere else where it's easier. It's yeah. actually stay, get planted, like be rooted, seek the welfare of where you're at, even while it's difficult. Now, that's the prophetic vision of Jeremiah, and maybe you heard a little bit of that there. Yeah. But, but that, it, it directly correlates to what, to what Jesus says here. And even the challenge that I gave this week as we look at Matthew 25 to say, don't, don't retreat from the world, but in fact, be so connected to Jesus in your followership of him that you can't help but respond in the way in which he responded by, by moving into the domains of society, into difficult places, and create space for grace there so that people come in contact with the reality of Jesus as king. Now, there's, there's something you, you kind of a quote you had this weekend, and is basically along the lines of every aspect of our life is like attempts to define us by what we do. Like our actions determine who we are, and thus they are going to communicate what Jesus has or hasn't done for us in proving what he's really like. And this always makes me go back to a, a quote that I heard when I was in youth group as a kid of your direction and not your intentions determines your destination. We can have the best will about what we're going to do in our community, how we want to respond and interact with others. But like you said, it's through our relationship with Jesus, how he is transforming and renewing our hearts, our minds, the way in which we live and act in our community. That's really going to define how people see uh, see followers of Jesus, how they see the church, how they, honestly, how they see Jesus through others. One of the biggest things that I've seen in some of my studies when I was uh, finishing up my undergrad was it was kind of walking through some of the millennial disengagements uh, that we see in our culture. And one of the core things in which you see behind it is not necessarily that they had an issue with uh, Jesus and God, and they were they still claim some form of spirituality or religiousness, but it was the way in which the church lived. Uh, it was they saw hypocrisy within the church. They saw um, they saw inclusion where it's us and them kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. They one of the ones that got me so so great was they said uh, twenty percent of them that left the church basically said when we were a part of a church, 20% of them said it did not feel like God was the main event. God was not at the core of what is going on here. And it, I, I think it just comes back to radiate in the church and us as followers of Jesus, where we live, work, and play, when we begin to talk about that, do our actions and our words reflect and embody who Jesus is? Because if we, we claim, it's what we see here in this passage of what Jesus is talking about with Peter. Like, if you claim to follow me and you're going to go communicate that, are you properly communicating who I am in the way in which you live and speak? And I think the beautiful thing is in what, what Christians haven't, maybe have taken for granted 
Um, and, I, and I could say this because I have at times it's, is that that will always be understood. Um, and here, I don't, I don't think when we make God the main event, not just of our gatherings, but even of our life, it's almost, we almost like, well, of course other people are going to understand it. And we almost assume that's going to be the case. But I think the reality is, is that, uh, even even for those who who aren't followers of Jesus, watching that is is they're probably probably a little bit perplexed of like trying to figure out what is what is a result or connection because of because of where we grew up. What is a result of like because of our upbringing, and then what is what is what is the result of our direct followership of Jesus, and and even in the the, the how to talk about your faith video series that was one of the things is I stress was being able to connect the dots for how your how your faith shows up in your actions and tracing and tracing that back um, being being that dot connector of saying I'm doing this because I see this in Jesus and showing that same progression of God is like therefore God has done this therefore I am so now I do. And it's, and it's reaffirming that progression. And so when someone sees the do part, when someone yeah. sees where, where it connects with them, is being able to trace that back, not in a way that says like my action, my, what I do determines who God is, but it's actually who God is determines uh, what, I, what I do. And, it, and it's redoing that in every aspect of our lives. And some people go like, man, that, that, that might be very tedious. That might be very... Uh, a taxing but where where i see it is is that's what that's where we open ourselves up to when we when we spend time with him each and every day is god is is who you are aligning with with my actions and and that filters through that we don't have to feel guilty or shame because of our fear and mistakes because we know god has already forgiven us that but it's but it's our continual desire to to live in response to that and we as a church we try to set up uh, just environments, activities, conversations yeah. to help people think in that way, which is why we do things like a gin feeds, which is why we do like the, the Legion work day that we did on Saturday is because we're trying to show it's like, we, we may not get anything in return. And, and again, there's just some natural benefits that happen um, in some different areas. But one of the things that what we what we're looking to do is really to, to give over get and, and at the core of even the cross is it's, it's, it's giving, giving over getting on the other side, we do get an eternal reward. Like even the passage, Jesus says like, listen, like the, I'm going to come back all my angels and glory and it's, it's going to be great. So, so there is something received, but it's, but it's received maybe something after rather than initially. And yeah. so, I really think that we have to continue to be shaped by that rather than uh, see the things in, re in reverse because what people despise, they identify the hypocrisy in the church is because when we don't connect the dots or we make it all about do and we don't, and, and again, they're, they're reading that backwards and saying, well, if this is, if this is your do, clearly this is who God is. And so we, we, we've got to be able to reverse that and say, no, it's, it's the out overflow of who, who God is and, and see that. So, I mean, you can almost do that in every passage of scripture when you look at it and say, like, who is God? What do I see about God in this passage? And then what, what do I learn about humanity? That, that, and, then and then the I will kind of what do you do in response to that? That's where it comes out in our everyday faith guides is, is we try to 
help people understand that that's the progression that, that we're talking about. And so we'll make sure to link to that as well. So if you haven't hopped over and looked at some of our everyday faith guides, again, some of the questions are very similar. And it's and the, the reason they're similar is because we want to submit that um, line of thinking within your brain so that we can we can be able to identify the faulty patterns in our world and say, and that's not the way of Jesus because it's defining people based on what they do rather than who God is. And and some we, and we got to understand because of our individuality, the results may be as we some of our responses may be different. That's the beautiful thing is we're not all called to be identical, but we are called to follow Jesus together. Kyle, even one thing that I heard you mention this weekend is like following Jesus. And you, you clearly stated this is it's relational. It's not a joyless obedience or passive viewing, but rather it's full of love. And so Kyle, what, what does that shift begin to look like when we begin to identify that our followership of Jesus is relational? It's not just this checklist of what you talked about, like the end of the statement, the do things of, I do this because this is what I see in scripture. Rather, it is a relational connection with Jesus. Well, I mean, you can even take our conversation before we recorded this is we were, we we're chatting about football. We we're chatting about all kinds of different things. And all we're doing is we're just going back and forth. You know, we're asking questions. Or, I mean, how did you feel about this? How did you feel about this trade? You know, what, you know, what's going on is like, I mean, did you hear this, this new story broke? And what we're doing is we're, we're truly going back and forth and we're interested in each other. What we've got to understand is Jesus is, is totally interested in us. Like he, he really is. Um, it, but and we've got to, we've got to reciprocate that is, yeah. is we've got to, we've not just assume, well, yeah, he's going to accept me as I is, but, but never take an interest in the, the thing that he's, that he's about. And so that's where it is, is, is developing a relationship with Jesus. And, and we see what he is like through his word. Uh, we see, we, we get, we get a better than that prayer. And I've heard prayer talk to again, it's uh, the catechism would say it's pouring our heart out to God. Some people would say that it's uh, having a conversation with God. And, and that's very much true. And the beautiful thing is when you've placed your faith in Jesus, he gives us the Holy spirit. So it means God is indwelling within us and so just as you and I are sitting here talking on the screen, we get to have those type of conversations with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit uses uh, not necessarily, you know, some abstract words, but, but he'll, he'll bring things from the scriptures to mind, which is why it's important to, to, to read your Bible. Um, but he'll bring that, in, and it can be just, just like a conversation going back and forth of, hey, Holy Spirit, here, help me think through this. Help, help me talk through this because... I, I'm really angry right now, or I'm really frustrated, or I don't understand this. But we've we we've relegated the Holy Spirit to something off in the distance that sits in a corner that comes down maybe on a Sunday, and it's like it's it's at set times, and it's like no, actually, when we've got our faith in Jesus, when we surrender to Him, when we've been baptized in Him, it's like no, the the, the first fruits of that eternal reward is the is the is the sign and seal of the holy spirit within our lives and so let's let's treat um the holy spirit like a friend yeah uh, like 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 and not some like some weird like spirit guide or something like that but 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 truly a truly a friend a confidant uh, i love what acts 15 says 
how it describes the Holy Spirit when they're getting in the room trying to figure out these difficult situations. They get in the room and they talk about like Holy Spirit's occupying a chair in the room as a part of their discussion. And I, I just love that picture of saying, just like you would sit down with a cup of coffee with a friend or, you know, yeah. you go grab a beer with someone. It's like, you you can do that with the Holy Spirit. And yeah. so so taking time to create the space for grace, not just for others, but for ourselves, where we get to have that conversation uh, with the Holy Spirit. And so here's what I just say. If, if you're watching this and you're like, okay, God, I've never thought of the Holy Spirit in that way, or I, I feel super uncomfortable having that intimate relationship with Jesus, that's what John and I are here for, to help you cultivate that. And so it's okay to say that you don't know how to have that relationship or even saying, I mean, I had that at one time, but I'm not sure I have that anymore. Help me almost rediscover that. We'll be able to do that with you, not because we're the experts, but because we're simply trying to follow that same pattern that, that I just laid out there. And so we would invite you to say, yeah, man, yeah. Fo follow us as we're trying to fo follow Jesus and build that relationship as we're trying to build, build it as well. I, I like how you phrase it. I mean, we talked a little bit about it last week, but even our value of spirit over self, like when we begin to talk about the daily dependence on him where we live, work, and play, like it's that understanding that the Holy Spirit is alive and present, not just on the one hour on Sunday, not just on that time that you're reading scripture uh, in your own time or you set aside time to pray. Like, no, he, the spirit is with you when you're driving to work when you're busy at work going through the mindless task or you're dealing with a coworker, you're sitting down for lunch, you're interacting with your kids, you're going to the ball game, like the spirit is alive and present where we go throughout our day. And so even as like, I, I like how you said it is sometimes it's like spirit, help me process how to handle this, how to react to this, or even how to process this. Cause I don't know necessarily how to respond or to understand what is happening where I'm at right now. And it, really begins to build this relational um, saying no to self and yes to Christ in taking up the priorities and characteristics of who Jesus is, of who the spirit is, when we begin to relationally do that in our everyday practice of help me, help me uh, see, see this through the lens in which you see this, God. How do I see this with love and grace in which you've shown me? How can I see that in the midst of this situation and how I'm interacting here with this person or with this issue that's going on, like, how do I respond in the midst of this? And Kyle, something you talked about this week, and when we begin to say no to self, we say yes to Christ, there is this aspect of what we're called to is to lose yourself. Hmm. But you, you made this, like, this identification that losing yourself doesn't mean we lose our individuality. Like, how, how does that kind of play out? And like, it says lose yourself, like, do we not lose our individuality? Like, Help me with that. You're losing yourself. And I, and I try to clarify it's, it's the will piece. Like it, it's, it's, it's what your, what your desires are is, is, is what you've got to do is submit your desires to, to the desires of Jesus. And so what that means by, in terms of losing your individuality, it's like, you're still going to have your personality. You're still going to have your thoughts. You're still going to have your background, your experiences, the way you express thoughts and ideas like that that doesn't that doesn't go away but what what the beautiful thing is is the holy spirit is able to to almost bring the way in which you would communicate something to someone else 
the Holy Spirit's able to really is tapping into that, leading that, and and communicating uh, just just who you are and, w- and what you've done. It's the Holy Spirit's able to to express those ideas through through you. And so as you, as you lose yourself, is what you're saying is is my will is going to be surrendered. But then again, what happens is is the best version of you is then actually expressed. So, so the problem is, is when we, when we lean on our own understanding, we are actually settling for a lesser version of ourself. And, and, and when we, when we actually surrender to Jesus, it's like, we give him the, 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 the keys of the car. It's like, we give him basically say like, okay, like you say what you want. And what happens is the best possible things that we could say, that we could think that start to come out of us. And it and it's hoping hoping those our our will and, and God's will truly be in enmeshed together and and so we we truly uh, find ourselves and so I think the best picture to think of that and and again we're trying to catch that up to reality is like when Jesus came back from the from the dead uh, people were able to see Jesus and like oh that's Jesus now he's in a glorified resurrected body. Yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it's, you know, he, he's even still got, still got the scars and things, but, but it's, it's a, it's a resurrected body. And so what we got to think of in ourselves is, is what our spirit, the way in which we operate is, is truly made new. And yeah. so, so it's, so it's not eliminated here that it's, it's, it's made new. And so it's, it's the reshaping of, of, of who we are in accordance to be the best version of John, the best version of, of Kyle. And again, because of, we live on this side of the, the Jesus coming back in total resurrection that, that we're not, we're not always going to live in into that reality, but that's, that's what it is we're trying to do in terms of truly allowing the Holy Spirit to live in and through us. And so the way in which I always think about that is it's like the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, stepping in the snow in front of us. And our job is to step in the snow, you know, behind them in the exact same footprints, you know? And so it's like, sometimes when we, we create different tracks, uh, it's like, it becomes more difficult. And actually when we begin to step back in the, the, the tracks of the snow, it becomes a little bit easier. So there's my Ohio, like farm boy, like when you're in a foot deep of snow, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, and you're trying to get to the barn to feed the animals. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's easier when someone's gone before you and stepped out the tracks rather than trying to forge your own path. And yeah. so we, if we can think of losing yourself, is it, it's not that you, you don't have to go to the barn. It's not that you don't have to do your chores, but it's, you're stepping in the path laid out for you. And, uh, so I, I really think that we can start to see ourselves as the best expression of ourselves because we, the way in which we know that's true is because we start to, there'll be some pushback. There'll be that misunderstanding. There'll be that some, some level of difficulty, but we'll also have a different measure of peace. We'll have a different measure of clarity. Uh, there, there'll even be a level of joy that's present. I mean, go back to the fruit of the spirit. Is even in the midst of all the the difficulty and the pressure, there's still going to be a, a a transformation of character that shows, yeah, th- this is, I'm I'm on the right path here. I'm stepping in the right footprints. So, John, let me let me ask this before 
before we yeah. go on, I, I want, we, we've been going through the series four weeks and every week you're, you're peppering me with different questions and thoughts, different quotes that I, I'd share and say, first, the theme, like, is there something that's, that stood out to you in the, in the, the, the total of four weeks? Yeah. And then two is how has that begun to express itself in your life personally? Man, I, I think one of the big things that I've been processing, it was actually kind of your, your last question to kind of, it almost felt like this was your last question to wrap up the series, uh, which, which is really funny. Um, and just kind of processing it because you begin to see the pieces from um, the other parts of the teachings and how they kind of all kind of fit together. And at the core of it, your question this weekend that's been kind of resonating in my mind is what you cannot do without is what is reigning in your life. And it's just kind of at the core of like, man, like as I go through my everyday, as I go through my Mondays, my two, like as I go through and I kind of live, work, and play, like go through the motions and kind of do my life as I perceive things from the outside, as I interact with people, as I'm on social media, as I talk with family and friends, like what is, what is at the core? Is, is there a core thing at the center of all this or even what is consuming in shaping who I am. I, I think that's been one of the big things is I've been taking in is like in, in a time where people are at, in a form of distance from each other, where uh, you can be uh, individual, isolated from everything. What, what is consumed, like what are you processing and consuming the most? And it's very easy in this time to just kind of be stuck at home and it could be it could be different shows. It could be different books. It could be different, uh, different podcasts. Like I'm a big podcast guy, so I'm switching between a couple different podcasts and everything. But at the core of it, what what am I consuming and how am I processing stuff? I, I think it's been a big thing for me because what we've been talking about here is as we live in the everyday, as we claim to be followers of Jesus and we interact with others, how is, how is Jesus truly reigning in our life? Like as, as I listen to my podcast, as I listen, uh, as I read my books, as I get lunch with people, as I chat with people about coffee and sports and Seahawks football, which I'm excited that we just got a good trade in my opinion, but how am I, how, don't shake your head. I know you're upset, uh, but how do I, in the midst of those, like not only myself put Jesus on the throne, but display that to others. So that comes in the way in which I react to things in which I see on social media that I might have no words for of what is my instinct in this? Am I going to immediately release my voice and how I talk about things in which can be super easy because it's uh, you type it real quick and you send it or is it, am I going to spend some time processing this through with the spirit and just talking like what we've been talking about today is just talking with the spirit of how do I process through this? Help me see this through the lens in which you see this. How help me to have love, and grace, and patience during this when it's not easy to. For me, it's been a lot of man. What is on top in my life? How is how does Jesus truly sit on the throne in my life? And I process and filter things through Him and through the Spirit, and how that just translates into the lives of others. And so into the conversations that I have with my wife every day, it's like, how are, how are we doing 
in showing Jesus to each other and helping each other be transformed by the Spirit? How am I doing that with my family when I FaceTime them from home? How am I helping with them with that? Or even the friends that I have. Um, every Sunday night, I, I chat with a couple buddies uh, who live in Kentucky, Ohio. One of my buddies is on vacation with some family in Nebraska. We just play games online. But even some of the interactions we have before is, man, how are you doing? Like, how, like, how are you processing this? How are you following Jesus in the midst of this? And I think at the core of it, it's some of that is how do we rightly put Jesus on the throne and see it not as a, I have to do this to complete the task in which I'm, I'm called to. It's like, no, this is out of a loving embrace of a God who's been faithful to me in the midst of everything. And it's hard sometimes to see faithfulness when a world is so broken and just trust and see that there is hope in who Jesus is and what he has done in that in the midst of everything, when everything can seem to be broken, knowing that Jesus has conquered it and that there is, there is more than what I see around me and that Jesus and his Holy Spirit is alive and present beyond Sunday, beyond when I'm just reading my Bible and those times that I'm praying to know like when I get a bit of bad news or I see a harsh reaction and go, no, like let me pause. And I, I like how you said it this weekend, your spiritual breathing. Kyle, where did that come from? from? From my end, that wasn't necessarily in your notes. And from what you said, that was kind of a last minute thing. What, what made you throw that in? So the reason I threw it in is I think uh, sometimes we exist in shame and guilt and don't realize the promise that we have of forgiveness in Jesus. And sometimes the, the simple thing of the breath we take enables mm -hmm. us to be reminded that uh, the Holy Spirit is present with us and that Jesus is on the throne. And I just, I just know some time of, you know, exhale, not just the negative, but exhale and confess the sin and saying, this was living by my own strength and my own power and breathing in and taking in that next step and say, by faith, I know that that's not the way God sees me. That can be a very just powerful reality to help people reorient to who God is, what he has done for them. And so I brought it in because I think sometimes the practical things as we get caught up and we expect, you know, Oh, in order to be make right with God, I got to sit down and have my Bible or my coffee or I got, and it's like, it can be as simple as exhale, inhale, be reminded of the promises of God. You're loved. You're not forgotten and your story matters. And so Okay. People can be reminded of that. And that just, I think it's just a super, we're all taking steps and we're all breathing. So, and, and, and even if it's not physical steps, it, it can be, you know, metaphorical, you know, that movement forward. It's like the, the time doesn't stop. We have to go forward. And so I think just as we process that, it's like, as we move forward, it's like, you don't have to do it like by your own strength and your own power, you can surrender that to Jesus and know that by faith, uh, the next step, whether physical or metaphorical can be different. So Kyle, let me, let me ask you this, as we wrap up this series and we kind of move to, move on to our next kind of thing. What, what has God taught you in the mm -hmm. midst of this? I think for me, the number one thing that I keep come back to is honestly probably that question that you, that you brought up that 
it's been rattling around in my head for for all month and i just couldn't figure out a way to articulate it but but really the what is the thing that you cannot do without what is the what what is what you cannot do without is what actually reigns in your life um that kind of statement that kind of question of like it's like i desperately need this that's the option of the world that you're subscribing to and anything other than jesus um just just isn't like it's just it's just not not even just not worth it but it just doesn't last and so i think for me is is what i have what i've just internalized is in this season what do i feel like i can't do without and we've come through a season of just chaos and craziness and just even just all kinds of just unrest in our society and and it, you know, just oscillated from, is it the right person? Is it the right policy? Is it the right, you know, the right solution? Um, is it, is it, you know, me staying by, you know, it's like all, all the things of like that you, you just, as you process something, it's like, is it me? Is it them? Is it, is it this? What, you know, as, you know, as you go through all that, it's like, and whatever solution that I've come up to is, is the thing that I think I definitely need. Um, and sometimes that's more information. And I think what I would say at the end of all this is someone even asked me yesterday, um, I just want an answer. And I think what God has taught me, I may not have an answer mm. and being okay with it. Um, and as I even shared in our Sunday teaching, I like to have the answer. I like to get it right. I like to get the grade. You do? No. I know. I I think I may not have an answer. I might not always understand the way forward, but God's still on the throne. And if I can tap into that and allow my followership of him to just just permeate all areas of my life, a way way forward might actually emerge out of that rather than trying to create one uh, from scratch. I think that's comes back around to how like at the core of some of what we've talked about today and even with this series is that this fellowship of Jesus of setting him as king on the throne him reigning in life doesn't mean it's going to be easy doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable or you have all the answers there is going to be unpredictability in a broken world there's going to be brokenness and hardship and just tough times and it's at the in the midst of that, what is raining on your life will dictate how you uh, enter, how you react, how you live in the midst of those times. Are you clinging to the fruit of the spirit of even in the midst of this? I have I have joy because of God is still at work. I have patience in the midst of this because I know God can work out of this. Can I can I see the hope and the love of Jesus? and his Holy Spirit that's alive and present and at work in our community beyond us that God, like God has defeated and conquered sin and the brokenness that we're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. So. Thanks for joining us on this midweek podcast. We hope that what today's conversation was beneficial for you and helped you live your faith as in everyday faith. So don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Leave us a review because we would also just love to hear from you. We'd love to get your questions and be able to answer those and process life and what's going on 
with you. And so if you would like to reach out to us, please do that. Send us a message. Go to our website, mygenerations.church, and leave us a note there as well. Again, because we want your faith to be an everyday faith. Thanks for joining us on this midweek podcast. Thank you.